everybody, Todd Coconato with the Remnant Godcast, and I have an amazing guest on the show today. Her name is Gina Gleason, and she is the Executive Director of Faith and Public Policy, and this is a ministry that's actually at Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills, California, uh, widely recognized you know, as a pioneer, a leader uh, in the field culture impact team training. Gina helps lay leaders as they start church ministries teams designed to monitor cultural events legislation and elections for the pastor and congregation gina we're so thankful to have you on the show we need people like you welcome oh thank you so much glad to be with you todd oh it's just so excellent i've been following you on social media and i see that you have a ton of speaking engagements that you've been talking about and uh it looks like you're talking out there about sex education being taught in california public schools quite a bit is that something that's been on your heart that has been, because the more I've learned about it, the more I, I realized I had to tell people about what was happening in our, our public schools. Yes, and we brought a little bit of awareness to this, but can you give our, our, our viewers and our listeners just a little bit of background? What is going on out there, especially here in California, with regards to sex education? Okay, well, in 2015, a law was passed and signed by Governor Jerry Brown. AB 329, uh, Calif- the California Healthy Youth Act. I remember that, yep. And, yep, and basically what it, what they want to accomplish is teaching kids about sex, and their reasoning is is that kids will be healthy if they know how to, um, you know, move around the sexual um, activities of, of young people. And, um, you know, well, I guess that could be a good thing if it was, you know, basically talking about human biology and, and different like that, sure. things like that. But what they've done is they've gone far beyond that. Mm. And and the end result is that the curriculum that is being taught in the classroom is sexually explicit, mm. um, you know, graphic sometimes, even if it's cartoonish, but it's still, you know, pictures of nude men and nude, nude women, um, mm. dialogue between students acting out, you know, when, when they're going to have sex and um, I mean, not just heterosexual sex, but, you know, homosexual sex. Right. Um, so there's just so many different parts of these different curriculums that are out there that many parents would object to. And so when I've learned about what's actually happening, what's going to be taught in the classroom, I just started getting out to any organization, event, mostly churches right. that want to know what's happening. And so that's what I've been doing. So what is the age range you're talking about here when this starts? I mean, what? how old are these okay. kids? Right. It's mandated for um, junior high or middle school to high school. Hmm. And um, that's the mandate, meaning it's absolutely required. But the law also says that if you wanted to teach it sixth grade down to kindergarten in a school district, huh. that's up to that school district. And if they voted in, then they can do that. So you're saying there are some, you know, elementary schools that are teaching this as well in, in California? Is that what you're saying? Oh, definitely. Yes, I've heard of some. And, oh, yes. um, you know, I don't know exactly what it is they're teaching at the very youngest grade, but I do know that they have, um, the school district has okayed it for all grades. Wow. Now, is this happening in other states, Gina, that you're aware of, or is this mainly in California? No, it is in other states, um, uh, Hawaii, and some of the you know, West Coast states, and Massachusetts, some of the East Coast states. Right. Um, it's popped up in Texas and, and Colorado and different states, Virginia. Um, but it, it just, not only it being a progressive or liberal state, but a progressive or liberal community. So mm-hmm. if you have that type of school board and they want to, 
you know, discussions about um, same-sex relationships and gender identity and, and gender expression, um, then the school district has a right to vote that in. Now, do parents have to opt in? Are they signing a release, or is this something that they don't even need to be involved in? Well, every school district has their opt-in, opt-out policy. Most school districts um, are not allowing an opt-out. Some school districts are allowing a full opt-out out of the entire program, but from what I understand, it's very few. Um, the law specifically says that you cannot allow an opt-in hmm. where a par- parent actually signs a form and if the school district doesn't get that signed form, then the, care- the child cannot participate. But that's, that's written out of the law. You cannot do that. Wow. Now, I saw a lot of people protesting recently. Parents were kind of going to the board meetings and whatnot. We kind of covered a little bit of it. But there was a report, Gene, I guess they were saying that they retracted or they, uh, you know, deleted some of the content in the most outrageous and egregious, uh, you know, teaching that they were they were implementing. Is that true or is that just a rumor? No, um, that's not quite true. Um, you're, talk, you're referring to the California Health Framework, yes. which is a document um, that is written by the state of California, whatever department they're in, and um, it kind of gives out, um, let's say, guidelines for the school district, for curriculum writers, for teachers, and it helps the teacher and and the district stay in compliance with the state law. What happened at that level at that meeting where the frameworks were um, authorized was they took out, I think, maybe four books, three or four books that were recommended in the framework right, right. that were um, somewhat, I mean, not somewhat, but very sexually explicit right. and um, for, for all grades. And um, so they removed that. But that was the extent of it. I don't think that anything else was really removed other than um, the four books that, that we all did not like. Right. And, you know, by the way, I'm just so thankful for what you do. I know that there's a tremendous sacrifice and, you know, a lot of time and prayer. And, and you know, we're so thankful for the ministry at Calvary Chapel as well. And I wish every church, Gina, would have somebody like you. I mean, imagine if that were the case. I know you're, you're a pretty hard person to duplicate, right? But what I mean is, is that, it, you know, that position in every church, wow, that'd be amazing, you know, and I think it would really impact culture because you're, you're doing a lot of damage for good, a lot of good, good damage out there. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, well, and, and, and I like to help churches that want to get um, a ministry started. The pastor of the church uh, board says, yeah, we should have someone on staff or as a volunteer that is paying attention to what's going on with legislation coming out of Sacramento or Washington, D.C. You know, at one point, um, this sex ed was a bill, and, um, you know, the legislators voted on it. So at my own church, what we did was, not only did I alert my pastor, senior pastor, uh, Jack Hibbs, but I also alerted the entire fellowship at Calvary Chapel and made sure that they knew what was going on so they could call their senator and assembly member and ask for a no vote. Right. on that bill. And I really believe that that would be the best way to see the culture in California and across the nation change by churches getting involved. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, we always say the church is meant to be the head, not the tail. And we're definitely meant to lead culture, to speak to biblical values and morality. Obviously, there's been a vacuum there for some time. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Jack Hibbs, yourself, and those uh, pastors that are willing to speak out because this isn't really politics. Can you explain that, uh, Gina, that it's not because a lot of people say, well, I don't want to get involved in politics. 
But then their children are being taught these things and being sexualized, and they wonder how this happens. So I know you know that's near and dear to your heart as it is mine. You know, is it politics or what? It, would you see it more as our duty as a Christian? Right, absolutely. Well, because you know we're dealing with moral values issues here, biblical values, the principles and precepts that the Lord has given us. You know, we our Lord is the one that designed marriage. Our our Lord is the one that designed gender. Um, our Lord is the one that said to us, you know, we are to raise our child in the way that they should go. So, you know, that's parental right. Um, so when we're dealing with these issues, um, they are moral value issues. And a Christian um, really shouldn't have any disagreement about whether or not a uh, baby in the womb deserves life. You know, that's something that all Christians should agree on. I mean, Christians shouldn't disagree on whether or not marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, that's, if you don't agree, well, take that up with God, because God is the one that designed marriage. That's and, right. You know, so those kinds of issues, and, you know, when it comes to the sex ed in our public schools, I mean, it's our right to raise our child and um, to allow them to be exposed to different things. And so when it comes to these types of very controversial issues like sex ed, well, that's our right to decide whether or not we want our child to be exposed to that. Right. So. When our legislators write a law like AB 329 and, and, you know, make it a mandate, well, you know, we object to that. So parents need to know what's going on. They need to learn how to speak up because we are focusing um, on the moral values that affect our our family, you know, our our uh, religious liberties, um, our, um, our church, and, and everything. And... Um, I think that, you know, more Christians should be paying attention to the news and know what's happening. I absolutely agree. When you mention the subject of religious liberties, I, I often talk about that myself. And some people don't connect the dots there. They say, well, I don't feel like my religious liberties have been restricted or, you know, uh, anybody's threatened them. Uh, I have a different story. I'm, I have a, a, an understanding. I'm sure you probably do as well, uh, because we've seen, you know, I think those that are on the front lines deal with it more. And not to say that we're better or anything like that, but I'm just saying because you're you're out there, you know, uh, you see the infringement, you see. Uh, you know some of the laws you read them you know you go on the websites you're active in the in the conversation and I think that's where the disconnect might be Gene is that some people are just so busy going to work you know raising their kids trying to make the bills and it's just it's a lot of work to know this stuff so how does somebody who feels almost overwhelmed with life just raising the kids making the bills how do they get involved with something like this how do they know more you know well, and, and, and you're absolutely right. I know parents are busy, especially, you know, my kids are grown. Um, and when I was younger and raising children, I, I didn't have time to do all the research that I'm doing now. Right. But now that I'm in this place in my life, I have the time to do that research and keep up on legislation or elections or issues for my entire church. So, you know, this ministry that we have... Uh, the people from our church and other churches know that they can come to our ministry and they're going to get information that they can trust. Yes. They're going to get um, news that is not going to overwhelm them. I'm going to give it, give it to them in short clips so that way if they want to read something that they're interested in, then they can. If they're not, they just pass it by. But, you know, I'm the one that kind of discerns um, what they need to hear. And, mm. and, and there's so many issues out there. Right. But, you know, I know... That I'm going to stick. I'm going to have a narrow focus. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. And that way, um, it's just they're going to they're going to come to our ministry and get the 
the moral values kinds of issues. Yeah, I think that's really wise. You just hit the nail on the head because there are so many issues. Sometimes, uh, you know, even I can feel overwhelmed reporting on things and whatnot. So I think it's super crucial to stay in our lane, even though we can pray and intercede for breakthrough in other areas and obviously be a part of some of those conversations as well. Um, I, I think that's crucial. And, you know, I appreciate so much what you said, your discernment and the fact that you're, you're praying about this. I know Pastor Jack is praying over these things, the churches, and uh, you have become a very trusted resource for the Christian community. And that is what's a little, you know, I'm encouraged to see there is a, a rising community of, of people that are getting more involved. It seems like the sleeping giant is starting to awaken a little bit. Are you seeing any of that, Gina, or do you still feel like we got a long way to go? Well, I think it's it's starting to happen. It's and it's, it's a slow process, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, with this um, issue of comprehensive sex ed, it is raising the eyebrows of a lot of parents, people who wouldn't ever pay attention, people who almost didn't care what was happening. But now that they see it really is impacting their child in the public schools because um, you know, they're sitting, this child is sitting in the classroom being exposed to sexually explicit things that mm. the parent has no control over, and parents are, are afraid of that. So now they're starting to pay attention. Yeah. They're starting to show up at some of uh, at these events that I'm speaking at um, because now they want to know, well, the law is the law, and it's here to stay, and we're not getting rid of it. But there are things that we, we think we can do, um, and we're working on some of these plans. But, you know, we want to help parents to understand, you need to pay attention. Yes. Because it's not just comprehensive sex ed. There's a lot of other laws that come down every year from Sacramento, and they have a profound effect upon um, your child and the, and the culture that your child is being raised in. I, I bet you a lot of parents don't even know that a child in school, California public schools, can be taken off campus if a girl is pregnant. Mm be taken to have an abortion, wow. brought back to the school, and the parent would never know because oh they're not required to be notified and they're not required, to, they don't have to get permission. You know, so those are the kinds of laws that happen in mm. California, and most people just don't even realize it's happening. Oh, my goodness. As a new father, I just think of some of the things you're saying, and I just cringe, Gene. I can't believe that, and it's just unbelievable to think that that could happen. To our children, my goodness. Now, uh, you know, I also want to be the one that has that talk. As a Christian, as a father, as a pastor, I want to be the one that has that talk with my daughter. I don't want that to be somebody that beats me to that when it's premature and they're also saying it from their value standpoint versus my value, you know, our Christian values as a family. Uh, I think that, that, you know, when I was younger, that's the way it was. I mean, I just, again, just keep saying, how do we get to this place? Is Who are the people that are pushing for this? Do you know that? Or, I mean, where is it a UN agenda? Is it a state agenda? I mean, wh who are the people behind it? Well, it's a worldwide. Yes, it is a UN agenda. It is a state agenda in the United States. Um, um, it is an agenda that is very progressive. As a matter of fact, you're talking about, you know, you want to be the one to, to talk to your daughter about Absolutely. these things. Yeah. You know, written into the law is this, is this small little section here that talks about um, the kids having healthy attitudes. Hmm. Well, the thing about it is what parents need to realize is that if you have a Judeo-Christian um, view of sexuality, that's not the healthy attitude, because the healthy attitude is their progressive attitude, wow. where, you know, it's sex between um, not only he uh, heterosexual couples outside of marriage, but right. it's sex between, you know, two men and two right. women, 
And, you know, it's, it's uh, gender identity and gender expression, which is, you know, like cross-dressing, like we used to call it, is just yeah. expressing your gender in a different way. All of those things are being brought into the school through these laws. It's legal. And so, you know, you have to talk to your daughter yes. um, at a younger age. And, and they're being exposed to these things, whether you like it or not. Mm. Now, are you seeing a lot of parents uh, homeschooling as a result of this? Are you seeing an uptick in that? I, I am. Um, I think that maybe this school year we'll probably see that um, there is declined enrollment in our public schools right. um, and, and charter schools because these sex ed laws also affect charter schools. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a new law that just went in this past year, maybe. I'm not sure. I forgot. Mm. But, um, yeah, charter schools are also affected. So, yep, parents are homeschooling in yeah. private school. Yeah, and, and thank God there are some options like that. You know, one of the things that I mentioned in a recent show, which kind of mind-boggling to me, was I actually spoke to someone from the from the gay community who was actually offended about this as well. They said, you know what, as much as we, you know, agree with the values, we don't think it should be taught to kids. So that was interesting mm-hmm. to me that there's even people in the gay community and, you know, that are outside of the church that are still on outraged by this. I mean, I think just common, you know, decency and just thinking about it from a rational standpoint, I mean, why would they sexualize mm-hmm. children? I think that's one of the worst things they could do to a culture. Now, have we seen the ramifications of this yet or is this still too new to really know? You know, I'm starting to hear stories from people. I know that, you know, I mean, being in, in uh, um, high school, you know, junior high, that's a, that's a tough time. Yeah. I would never want to go back to being <laughs> that young. But, um, you know, I am hearing stories that, you know, these kids are, are getting sex talk in the classroom. And, you know, it's discussed with boys and girls together and this teacher. It's condoned by the, the school. And so, of course, that's going to sexualize their kids. They're going to carry it into the halls of the school, into the lunchroom and after school. And, you know, they're going to continue this sex talk. And I'm, I'm hearing stories where, you know, boys are acting out in front of girls and girls are, are becoming afraid right? Um, because boys are beco- becoming more sexually aggressive or explicit, you know, mm. with, with what they say. And, you know, it was always tough as it was, but, yeah. but even more so now because now the school is condoning this sex talk. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. Is there, is there still the debate about the bathrooms, too, or is that kind of calmed down now? Uh, well, I mean, it's the law now in California that um, all the schools have to open up bathrooms to boys and girls, and oh it's goodness. not just a boy that may identify as a female. It's to any boy that says he identifies as a female, whether or not it's true. So, yeah, those, those stories are still out there, and I doubt, I highly doubt that the school district districts are keeping tabs of those stories where you know girls are afraid or they don't want to use the restroom that everybody gets to use um but there was a a well-known story about a little girl out in kindergarten uh in georgia where uh a little kindergarten classmate assaulted her Hmm. um vaginally penetrated her with his fingers and you know this is another state where you know that this sexually progressive um ideas like that yeah and, um, you know, it, it's just like our kids have to be more alert. Our parents have to be more alert because um, these things are law. Yes. Wow. This is a battle. And it's like the Bible says, the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds and principalities. We're certainly seeing this play out before us. Gina, last question here before I let you go. You are, uh, you know, active at the church there. You know, what do you guys do when your youth come to you or you know what is a way that a christian can counsel minister to a young person that's confused in this time 
we do have a ministry that counsels young people who may have um, confusion about their gender, their gender identity. Um, it's called White Stone Ministry, and it's it's um, very discreet ministry. Um, you know, we we don't see a lot of people coming in. We don't know what they're they're, they're talking about when they come in to minister. Yep. The pastor's ministering to someone, but yeah, we do have a ministry that is um, helping people. And I, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of other ministries out there like that, but there are um, a lot of Christian organizations out um, that help kids. But now in California. There's a law that passed that you cannot actually pay a counselor to counsel you if you do have same-sex attraction. That's, oh that's the law that we fought um, mm. last year wow. and uh, the year before. And, um, you know, so it's a law now. You cannot pay a professional counselor, whether they're a Christian or not. Um, my understanding is that you can still go into a church because you are not paying the pastor to counsel you, right. but... Yeah, they're making it more difficult for a person, especially a Christian, to deal with uh, unwanted same-sex attraction. Yeah, and that's a slippery slope, you know. I mean, there's just so many things that can continue. I mean, what happens next with pedophilia, other areas of sexual attraction that are perverse? I mean, you know, what, what, mm -hmm. when does it end? You know, I just think uh, we need to continue to have this debate uh, and, and this conversation and do actionable things, not just, I mean, prayer is super important, interceding, but also people like yourself, Gina, that are out there. How can people find the information that you have, find you online, and uh, follow some of your resources? Okay, I have two website, websites. One is faithandpublicpolicy.org, all spelled out, and then also realimpact.us. And one is uh, our outreach to other churches to help them start uh, culture impact teams to monitor what's going on in the culture. And then the Real Impact page is our church um, ministry website, uh, keeping the body informed at our Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Amazing. You know, that's right up my alley, Gina. Thank you so much. I just appreciate so much what you're doing. We're going to be praying for you, and you have an Thank open you. door. Anytime you want to come on the, uh, the Godcast, feel free to give me a call. We can support you in any way we can, okay? Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Gina. This is Gina Gleason, and you can find her at Calvary Chino Hills with Pastor Jack Hibbs. And we're so thankful for the ministry you're doing, Gina. God bless you. We'll be praying for you, and we will be back with more of the Roman Godcast.